0: Hey everyone, it's Chuck Arfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast. It is brought to you, as always, by our great friends at Wintrust. So things can get magnified early in the season, especially really early in the season. But after losing to the Tigers in the season opener, the White Sox got back up and they made a statement. A big statement against their AL Central rivals, especially Sunday when Tim Anderson returned and they pounded the Tigers 10 to 1. And I'll just say it. They put the Tigers in their place. Yeah, you had a fun win to open the season, but this thing goes 162. And even with an injury depleted team, the White Sox left town taking two of three. And after seeing the moves the Tigers made in the offseason, and now seeing them go head to head with the division champs, how do the Tigers measure up with the White Sox? Gordon Beckham joins me here on the podcast, and we're also going to hear from T.A. to get his thoughts on the Tigers. And Tim tells it like it is. The White Sox made a statement against the Tigers and closed it with an exclamation point. That is coming up. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With White Sox checking, you'll score a Sox debit card. Plus, you'll get a special offer when you open online today at Wintrust.com slash Sox Talk. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! Oh. The
0: ball
2: hit deep way back! Deep to the field! Holy cow! Carlton Fisk has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! We got a chance to do something real special.
0: All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Gordon Beckham is with me. I looked at that series that we just saw. Now, it's only three games, but to open the season the way the White Sox did against that Tigers team that feels like, okay, we're ready to come, I think the White Sox said, well, you might be on your way, but you're not there yet with us.
1: Yeah, that's the sense I got. The sense I got is that the White Sox still feel like they belong, um, being in the top slot of the AL Center, Central, or basically having people chase them. That's the sense I got is that they still feel really strong and confident about what you know who they are and what they're going to do. Uh, it bodes well for the rest of the year. It's early. Who knows? Um, they need to stop this injury bug, and they it seems like they might need to get some reinforcements. You know, I think that uh, the, the starting pitching staff, if they have anybody else go down, is going to get real, real light real quick. And so I think that they're going to have to find a way to piece it together until they get their guys back.
0: Yeah, my feeling is the offense is probably going to have to carry them for a month or so. Not every day, but as we look at April and May, the offense on many days might have to score six or seven runs on the days when the pitching staff just isn't
1: there. The good news is the White Sox offense is built to do that. They have from top to bottom a really, really good offense. So, uh, yes, they might have to score more runs, especially at the start of the season. But at the end of the day, like they they are built for that. And I mean, Yoan Moncada is not even in the lineup right now, and they're still doing pretty good. Uh, Andrew Vaughn has been really good to see uh, his start of the season. Always good to get off to a good start. I mean, I, Paul Konerko used to always say you know it's such a small sample size but it always feels better if you start out good and then struggle a little bit uh then it does always feeling like you have to climb back up that mountain so if you start off and you struggle at the beginning of the season you always feel like you're grinding uh it's always nice to have that kind of little buffer when you feel good at the start of the season you get some knocks and and, and you know that slumps are going to happen but you don't it doesn't knock you down to like 100 where you have to be like hot you know to get back to where you want to be uh for a good month so um, yeah Very good. my favorite
0: quote of the weekend happened after game two of the series it came it comes from Dylan Cease so obviously the Tigers win the first game they're feeling great come back win walk off and then Cease comes out and just stings them five innings one run and he said this after the game he goes they won in a good fashion yesterday and we showed that we're still here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys won a game, but we're the White Sox. We're gonna come right back at you the next day and not only did, not only did they went on Saturday, they went on Sunday too.
1: That's that's what good teams do. Good teams just show up and they and it doesn't matter if they get uh, kind of blitzed at the end and they and, and the Tigers had to walk off on opening day. Uh, he's just saying, hey' we're, we, we belong here. They had, the Tigers have to prove that they belong here, but the, the White Sox have proven last year that they do belong, and they want to continue to prove because I think that they've got more unfinished business in the playoffs. So, Gordon, because you're a nice guy,
0: I decided, you know what? Well, I always do this. I let my analyst decide who they or he wants for the pick-to-click. So you obviously on Sunday are going to choose Tim Anderson because you're not an idiot, so you choose T.A. I come back with Jose Abreu who just demolishes the Tigers as so does well so does TA and Tim has a big big game mm-hmm. 3 hits
1: mm-hmm.
0: you win pick to click so congratulations to you just before we break down TA
1: yeah i think that that, that feels feels good to take the guy that i should have taken and have him have a good game but uh, both guys had a good game so
0: yeah they did so What does it mean just to have Tim on this team? I mean, it's obviously a almost like a loaded, stupid question to ask, but there's so much validity to it. I mean, I got the numbers right here. Since 2020, when Tim gets one or more hits in a game, the White Sox are 89 and 45. When he gets two or more hits, like he did on uh, Sunday, they're 50 and 17. You know, So he misses the first two games, comes back, and just lights a fire with that offense. And it wasn't just them winning the game on Sunday with him. They scored 10 runs with Tim Anderson.
1: They ran away with it. I mean, even watching the first two games and then this game, there was something different about it. I mean, and it was immediately – his impact was immediately felt the first pitch of the game. And I think that his energy and when he's going – um it's 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 a real thing that the White Sox go as he goes um you know uh, we used to mess around with Adam Eaton a couple years back who said I'm the straw that serves the drink and uh, I really believe that with Tim is like if if he's going the rest of the the team is going I mean he is the straw that serves the drink and he's uh he's an impressive guy and he's fun to watch like he he just has fun he's like a kid um you know and and just goes out like with you know, kind of childlike enthusiasm and his energy is contagious. And it's just obvious when he's on the field, it's a different, he's a difference maker and uh, he's a special, special player.
0: All right. So on Friday on opening day, I spoke with Tim about not being able to play in the first two games of this series. And then I also asked him about the Tigers and how teams are in the division are looking up at the White Sox and how does he feel about that, knowing that they're gunning for the White Sox. And here's what Tim said. Um, there's been a lot of hype about the Tigers. What do you think about the Tigers, the moves that they made, adding Javi Baez, Austin Meadows, et cetera?
2: Yeah, that's cool, but Chuck, we're... We're on NBC, baby. I'm not here to talk about Detroit. I'm only here to talk about Chicago White Sox, baby. And uh, they got a pretty good squad. But for the most part, we're going to compete and, uh, you know, keep going, man. Keep going and uh, keep having fun on our side of things. And uh, we understand that, you know, we're going to respect every opponent. But uh, for the most part, man, we're just going to keep having fun and, uh, you know, keep playing White Sox baseball. Southside baseball.
0: Yes, I love that. All right, Tim. What's it like, though, being the hunted now? Because all these teams below you guys made additions. They're coming at you. How does it feel to be the hunted right now as opposed to the hunter?
2: Now you can't hunt the hunter. How you do that? You're asking me that question? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm saying you. how can you hunt the hunter? You can't do that. So uh, it feels good. You know, that, that let us know where we are, that everybody's after us. Um... But we're going to keep competing um, and not really worry about that. Um, All we can do is take it day by day, game by game, and, uh, you know, go out and have fun. And, uh, you know, just keep breaking it down. And uh, like I said, go game by game, man. Hey,
0: Gordon, you can't hunt the hunter. What do you think about that?
1: I dig that as a hunter myself. I, I, I really dig that. Um, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, And, and I think for the way I take it is as long as you're hunting, like it doesn't matter who's trying to hunt you. I mean, it's like if you have a complacency at the top, then, yeah, it matters because people are gunning for you. But when you're always hungry and you want to to basically find the find the game find the prey whatever it is you your the win whatever it is and you're hunting then it doesn't really matter what other people are doing as long as you're like going to get it whatever that is uh, in life baseball anything I mean that's 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 the way you want to approach anything you do is to go at it and and really try to try to bring everything you have into being your best the only good thing about the lockout the only good thing is that If there was no lockout,
0: the White Sox would have started the season at home and Tim Anderson would have missed the first two games at home. And I asked him about that. And he said if he had to miss the home opener, he would have been sick, quote. And then he said, I would have played no matter what. They would have had to kick me off the field if if the Sox start
1: the year at home. Well, I mean, I would like to, I would have liked to have seen that play, played out because he probably wouldn't have been able to play. But, hey, um, you know, I would have liked to see him stay, go on the field and then have them stop the game and pull him out. That would be actually kind of hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's good to see that he's going to be the, the home crowds going to be able to see him. Yeah, if there's any good thing about the lockout, that's definitely it.
0: Giolito, Cease, and Kopech gave up two runs in 13 innings in that series against the Tigers. What do you think about that Detroit offense? And what do you think they are now putting in their heads about the Sox starting pitching, knowing how they really were neutralized by them?
1: Well, I think there's a, they're definitely revamped a little bit. They're, they're definitely better, but... I feel like towards the end of their lineup, they they have holes, you know. I think that in the top, you know, four or five batters, yeah, you've got guys that have uh, had some good careers and are doing some really good things. But, um, you know, Javi Baez strikes out a lot, you know. And so um, he's an uh, exceptional player and does things that I could never do, you know, on the field, but he strikes out a lot. And generally when you have, like, one of your best players striking out a lot, it's kind of like a – if he's hot y'all are going to go and if he's not you're not um so they got obviously uh meadows in there and and Miguel Cabrera is going to get better as he sees more reps um but, you know, his, he's hes having to grind through everything that's going on with his body in the last, you know, 20 years. I mean, you know, he's hes had a lot of wear and tear and, and, and had a lot of really, really good swings. And you're going to be able to see him do a lot of amazing things and records this year. So that'll be a lot of fun. But ultimately, from top to bottom, they're just not as they're not as deep. Um, you've got to have guys to step up for them that you're not necessarily expecting to step up. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Talk about depth. The White Sox were without, well, Giolito probably would have pitched one more inning, but they were without Lynn Moncada. They lose Pollock. We already knew about Crochet yeah. and Kelly's on the IL to start the season. I think I'm forgetting one or two guys. Well, we missed T.A. Oh, and then T.A., right, right, right. And other than, like, one or two guys missing from the Tigers to start the year, I mean, the White Sox were really shorthanded, and you almost didn't feel it. And that says a lot about the, the depth of this team. You had Andrew Vaughn have a big series. He made his presence felt in every single game.
1: Two home runs and had a big RBI
0: single on Saturday.
1: Generally, when you don't have like certain guys, or you have certain guys that are really good, and you have uh, players like Vaughn who are kind of on the edge of being good, and, and are they going to be any good? It really helps to have good players around you because there's no pressure on you. Uh, if you're having to take over the, if you're if you're trying to figure your way out in the big leagues, and all the pressure is on you to be that guy that's very difficult to do because when you when you start to struggle and i know this when you start to struggle it wears on you because you don't have other guys around you that have um you know that are basically like thought to have needed to do everything that you need to do and then Andrew Vaughn, who's the kind of outsider, continues to help. That's that's how guys really progress is the fact that he doesn't – he's not looked at that he needs to win games for them, but he is winning games for them because he doesn't have that type of pressure that's put on a Abreu, T.A., and the other guys that can handle it at this point.
0: What wins games? This is what wins games over the course of a 162-game season. Yohan goes on the injured list. So what happens on Sunday? Josh Harrison moves from second to third. Looked amazing at third base. They bring Danny Mendick off the bench. He's a very solid second baseman, and he gets an RBI double. Things were really clicking for them when they needed to, and they have the depth pieces. I felt like from 2012, and you were a part of some of these teams, I'll go 2009 to 2015. Mm -hmm. You guys have one to three bad injuries season over or not season over. You guys are going to go on a big tailspin while those players are out. I don't feel like that's going to happen with this team.
1: No, there's too there's too much depth uh, from top to bottom. Their their lineup is very good. Josh Harrison is a solid veteran player who's going to be able to go out there and play different positions. And he's got great energy and he's fun to be around. Um, you heard Ta talk about it in the post game today. I mean, he brought up him. He brought up Reese. And I think that what you're seeing, Reese McGuire. Yeah, sorry, Reese McGuire. What you're seeing from that is the fact that um, they can put Grandal in the game, start him a lot of games, and at the end of the game they can put Reese in for a defensive replacement and and really he can mow guys down in a close game and that's 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 invaluable to have as a great trade when you think about it and assuming that Grandall does not get hurt um you know I think that Grandal needs to stay healthy and that'll that'll make a lot of the um you know the what ifs go away but um is it impressive weekend for them and and they've got depth they've got the the offensive depth to do what they need to do they just got to get healthy on the mound yeah
0: Rich McGuire has played one game for the White Sox. I'm ready to give him a lifetime contract because of one throw. One throw! He threw out Austin. Was it Austin Meadows he threw out? It was Austin. That was, I mean, describe, everyone listening can't see this, so can you describe why that was such an impressive throw by him to nail a would-be base dealer against... Michael Kopech.
1: Yeah, Kopech is on the mound. Kopech's super slow to the plates, obvious big leg kick. He, he spikes a slider down and in to a lefty. And uh, in one motion, Reese basically picks that, picks the ball and throws in one motion, and throws an absolute dime to T.A. at second. And T.A. doesn't even have to move his glove and just put it right on Austin Meadows who can really run. Um, and I think what you just saw is just like a severe upgrade defensively behind the plate like it was like whoa that just shut down that inning um, you know or what could have been a possible you know uh, run or two in that inning uh, and it there's no way he should have thrown him out with the pitch. The the fact the pick that he made was in between hop was uh very, very good uh for him to even glove that ball and then to get a good uncork a good throw, that was uh was a special special play.
0: Again, little things that win games, stuff like that, I just love so Reese McGuire, you can be with the White Sox forever. According to Chuck Garfine, not the GM. Uh one last thing. What statement was made by the White Sox against the Tigers? in this first opening series of the season?
1: They're still here, right? I mean that's (laughs) they're still they're still the top dog is is is, I mean it's one series against one of the AL Central teams so it's not like they've faced them all yet but it was obvious that uh, the White Sox feel like they've got unfinished business I mean it just feels like uh, it's they sense that they're confident Uh, I can sense that they're confident in what they're doing and they believe in themselves and it was obvious to me that they they want to be good again and be great again this year.
0: You were great on the podcast you were great with me You made me better on the pre- and post-game shows on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, thanks for being on the podcast, and thanks for uh, all your work with us, and we'll see you down the road this season.
1: Chuck, any time I get to spend time with you is literally the highlight of my month. So uh, I look forward to coming back up here and seeing you soon. All right, awesome. And that is a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by
0: Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage. It's www.wintrust.com slash The I always want to say season opener. The home opener is Tuesday. We'll have an hour-long pregame show from the ballpark. Ozzy's going to be here. Sorry, Gordon.
1: Maybe next time.
0: Maybe next time. But me and Ozzy will have uh, special guests and more. uh, An hour-long edition from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, and then it's first pitch at 310 on NBC Sports Chicago, White Sox and Mariners. And by the way, tickets are still available, at least as I'm taping this. So uh, go to WhiteSox.com if you want to try to get in and watch the home opener. It's supposed to be in the 60s, so a great, great festive day is in store. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over.